Well, it was round two for Formula Two, and this week we went to Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Welcome to episode six of Formula Talk. Today we're discussing and reviewing the F2 Saudi Grand Prix. Joining with me today, is, as usual, is Tom. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? I'm not too bad, thank you. Now, uh, I'm going to interrupt you already today. You know, it's, it's, t- it's taken barely Starting. a minute. I, I know, I know, it started already, but what can you say? So, um, uh, for those of you who are listening, we do have a little sponsor for today's um, uh, today's show. Don't worry, it's not Manscaped. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start selling. Sell, I'm not going to start selling you razors or 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 Braid Shadow Legends or anything. But today's episode is indeed brought to you by Bet Online. Now, Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your college basketball betting this season. Not only that, you can also get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the Final Four and the championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today. Or you or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code Believe, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your welcome bonus. That is betonline.ag where the game starts. Now I'll pass you back to Sophia so we can review the 2023 F2 shenanigans at Cheddar. Yeah, so let's get into it. Let's start off with qualifying. So it was a rookie one-two for qualifying with Victor Martens and Oliver Behrman taking the top positions after a late red flag towards the end of qualifying, meaning a lot of key contenders could not do not have any fastest lap recorded or improve their previous time. So some of the key people, i.e. Teo Pochez, Zay Maloney, some uh Ralph Barsham. Porsche did all right. He finished in the top 10. But a lot of the key drivers that we're expecting to pull out of the bag this season, because of this late red flag, wasn't able to uh, have a good representative time. Wow, that's a big word for me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Didn't have a best time, meaning that they started very far off the grid. Kind of like what Max had to do in F1 in Saudi as well. So a little bit um, back from the grid. But as mentioned, Victor Martins literally pulled it out of the bag. It's been ART's two rounds, pretty much, with Teo obviously topping um, the timesheets for qualifying in the first round, and now his teammate uh, doing it for Jeddah. So who knows? Maybe even in uh, Australia when we preview that and review that in the next couple episodes, it might be another ART on point uh, on pole. Obviously, as well, with Qualifying, you get two points for being on pole. So Victor Martins already started the weekend with two extra driver points, which is great for the standings because it keeps on changing. And we'll discuss it a little bit later because there's a big jump in one of the drivers from 17th in the standings all the way up to fourth, which is crazy. Out of 22 drivers as well. And then as so Victor Martins pulled out a one. 41.326. He was seven seconds, uh, seven tenths clear before the red flag was caused. Joining him, another uh, rookie of Oliver Behrman from Kramer was able to secure second. And then Teo Borcher 
made it into the top three. Looking at the back of the grid, uh, towards the end of the grid, obviously, as mentioned, qualifying top 10 gets reversed for sprint. So it actually meant that Jack Crawford for high tech would be starting on pole. Joining him is one of the race winners from the previous round, uh, Ralph Barshaw for Campos, will be joining him at the front of the grid for the sprint race. Now, passing it back to Tom to discuss the sprint race. Yes, yeah, so the sprint race... Um... It wasn't a S2 classic, and I've got to be honest, it wasn't what I was hoping or building up F- F2 to be around yet. They all behaved, which is quite odd. Um, well, for the most part, anyway, you know, you know, there, 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 there were, it, it, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't 100 percent um, plain sailing, but uh, but it it, 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 it wasn't like when F2 first went to say back in 2016. And they were just basically playing bumper cars for for however how many laps, but no, it's um, uh, it, just to give you a quick rundown of of your of your podium from the from the sprint race, we have the Red Bull Junior driver of Ayumu Iwasa, who finished. Uh, he only finished 0.7 seconds ahead of Saturday's pole sitter uh, Victor Martins, who, bear in mind, would have started a. Bit further down the grid due to due to reverse pole for the sprints, um, and then and then another roughly three and a half to four tenths behind Martins was the other Red Bull. Well, another Red Bull Junior driver. Obviously, we can't say the other because there are about half a dozen of them on the field. Um, but um, uh, we had Johan de Ruvela in P three to take yet another podium in Formula Two. Now I had tipped um, the ruler to do quite well this season, and it's it's sort of worth noting that with F two is you don't see like the same driver winning, you know, like the sprint feature, sprint feature every weekend. You know, it, you will get quite a few different um, different race winners. So this is where we start to see drivers such as. The Ruvler or Pocher or you know, whoever else is going for the title, you start to see them finish P3, P4, maybe P5, P2. They will always sort of be in anywhere between like the top six and maybe the top eight. So you just this is where we'll start to see some drivers almost like emerging as as the title contenders. And and yes, I am putting the Ruvler in there. I'm backing him. He had a good scrap with um, Drogovic last year. Ultimately, obviously, you know, he, he did, didn't quite amount to much. But um, but no, I, I I have faith. It is worth mentioning that um, Iwasa had a pretty damn good race yesterday. I, I say yesterday, we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, so I'm losing track of the days already, wishful thinking, eh? Um, it's because I get paid on Friday. Um, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> no, Iwasa, he, he really held his nerve and he... He showed quite a lot of competence and he showed a mature head on his shoulders to to really hold that gap behind him. Um, you know, he was uh he he really worked his way through, worked his way through through the field and he took took the lead when he when it when it really counted. Ultimately, he then he then kept everybody kept everybody behind him, including Victor Martins, who was absolutely rapid this weekend. By the way, um, you know he, he started P10, and he'd obviously been watching Max um, compilations on YouTube because uh, because he, he saw just just how to overtake and get back up to second from when you started back in the pack. Um, yeah, it was uh, it 
it was a good race. Um, again, like I said, it wasn't a classic, and and I think maybe that's more to do with the circuit. But that's a different conversation for a different day. That's probably a different episode in itself, um, and I'm not going to go into that. But I will pass it back to Sophia whilst we have a quick nosy at the feature race results. Yeah, I mean, just a few things to mention about like the sprint race as well. There was two safety cars coming out. First time was Jose Maloney, who got clipped um, on the second lap, which brought out the safety car. By then, Owasa was in P1, so he had to do the restart, which was great. He started at the last minute for that. And then leading into how the feature race standings would be as well, Teo Pochera decided to go on the inside, sorry, go on the inside the first time around um, on turn two and overtake three cars. And then they, he tried to do the same thing on the following lap, overtaking, trying to overtake his teammate when he, I guess, just overshot his breaking point and went into Oliver Behrman, who would be starting P2, pretty much taking both of them out on lap six out of 20 yeah, our 20 laps. So that brought out the second safety car. Oasa pretty much went quite ahead um, on the restart. Like, I was say about two to three corners before um, the starting line and everything and just kept it on his own. But lots of battles, lots of DRS. Um, having sit on the press conference as well, Victor was not expecting to be on the podium. And I think it gave a lot of confidence uh, given that he's not really raced in Jeddah before because of Formula 3 and all that, um, moving into F2. But it definitely did help him for the feature race. So because of looking into the feature race, because of Teo Porcher's accident, he received a five-place grid penalty at the start. So he started P8 on the grid. Uh, this meant that... Was it P8? No. P11. No, P8. Yes. So, <laughs> but obviously as well, it also helps uh, Oli Behrman, who, as mentioned, was taken out by Teo Pachera in sprint. He was able to, he was starting P2, so more points to play as well in the future race. It's the full racing points, so 25 for first, um, 18 for second, 15, all the way down, similar to Formula 1. And again, fastest lap also gets an extra point. However, there was a lot of chaos a bit, some of them. A lot of drivers were trying to keep clean, very, very clean throughout the race. Um, there wasn't as much safety cars. Uh, there was a virtual safety car on the second lap uh, when Brad Bedevenez had to be pulled off after making contact with um, Amory Cordiel, the virtuosi driver, causing damage. But again, this is a BAC that was on lap three. Pretty much it ended very, very quickly as luckily uh, Brad was able to pull off towards one of the exits. And with the new rule as well for DRS, even with the BAC, BSC, DRS is deployed pretty much straight away once BSC is ended, um, which allowed some of the drivers to battle it out like crazy for the following laps. It really made a difference um, to uh, to to the racing this weekend, and and I know it seems like such a sort of like small change to have DRS open straight away, but especially given the F two cars are spec cars, you know, I, I know teams will, will run different setups, you know, so it's, you know, obviously they'll run different wing angles, different suspension angles, and toe and stuff, um, but but you know, the cars are the same, you know, 
you know, you know, they've all got side parts, cough, Mercedes cough. And, um, you know, you know, they all, you know, they are all fundamentally the same car. So it's, for, for me, I think, although that's, that's a small change that really adds to the, really adds to the sort of spectacle of, of F2. And it, it just, it just means that you've, you've always got to drive, especially with how sort of brave some of these F2 drivers are. Some, some may call it brave, some may call it other things. I'm going to call it brave when they decide to just, Dive out the inside and and have a look and you know if they you know, if they've got a bit of a got a bit of a toe DRS, it certainly makes a good uh, certainly makes a good view. It don't give you that much. Oh, definitely, and even just strategies as well. So, um, pretty much majority of the grid was on the super soft strategy, whereas occasionally some of the other drivers were staying for the long strategy. And with the safety cars and uh, tire deck, even though it's not as bad as Bahrain, it was still quite a play to see when to pit. And a lot of teams were pitting on lap seven, which, uh, according to the FIA and Pirelli, you could not pit after you can only pit after lap six on the super soft. So pretty much. A lot of them went one more lap to go for the undercut uh, to try to make for the podiums and everything. And chaos uh, in the pits. It's very small. Um, you can't double stack in Formula 2 or in Formula 3 because of how narrow the pit is for the drivers and the teams. And also they have less uh, people working on the pit stops. It is one mechanic per wheel and they both do the gun and the wheel change. So it's a little bit longer than F2, so sorry, F1. So you definitely want to make sure that your mechanics are quick for the change because you can see some under some overtaking even in the pits because of how good some of these teams are. So some of the drivers uh, to look out for was Duan, Vesti, Owasa, uh, Porsche, and Kashmani. They all pitted um, with, obviously, were in the top 10 for the medium tires to go for the long distance. Victor Martens closed in on early Behrman prior to the pit stops and was able to successfully overtake Behrman on lap 10 to take the top position. However, he was forced to give the position back, having gone beyond the track limits on the pass and gaining an unfair advantage. However, Martens, he's going to keep on pushing. He tried again on the following lap, made it stick, um, leading into the first corner with DRS. However, the battle between Behrman and Victor allowed Frederick Vesti, who we've not really seen, like he's been a consistent driver, the Mercedes junior driver driving for Prema this season. He was able to close in and was quickly able to take second off of his teammates after all he was running, running wide out from the second corner. Continuing to gain momentum from that with consecutive fastest laps, Vesti began to put pressure on Victor Martens and closed within half a second by lap 15. Few mistakes taking place, not just from Victor Martens, but other drivers of the grid. It was this one spot, I think it was like, what, turn two or turn three, where some of the drivers were kind of going a little bit far off the grid, not breaking right or just going too wide, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, I I don't know if they were intentionally missing their braking zone because you get three or four warnings or sort of tellings off from the FIA before you actually get a before you actually get a time penalty. Um, yeah, it, it was it was uh, to be honest, there were don't be funny. There were twenty seven corners um, in in Jeddah, and I lose track after about four. Um, you know, especially when F1 sometimes, or the FIA, I should say, sometimes calls a kink a corner, but then also calls it a straight. So who knows? Um, you know, looking at you, Austria. Um, you know, I said, I, I know the place you mean on track. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we we saw it in we saw we saw it in in F1 a bit as well. You know, where drivers just 
missed their breaking point and, and just just had to take to the runoff. At least given how quick Saudi is, at least there was space to have the runoff, you know, because if it wasn't, you know, could have been a bit nasty. Oh, definitely. I mean, there was even a point in both the feature and in the sprint, you had four cars wide on the straight, which is mind-boggling to hear. Like, I, I hear, like, Alex Jake, I think, and Alex Brundle, who was commentating um, for the F2 race. Like, absolutely astonishing. You could see so many cars on the straight just going side by side. Who's going to break first? Who's going to pull out first? Who's going to play it safe? Absolutely crazy. But pretty much, as mentioned, a lot of runoffs. And on Turn 22 on lap 16, Ollie Behrman actually got tumbled down the standings um, behind Druva and Owasa, pretty much keeping ahead of Dewan just about uh, for the rest of the race. However, Victor Martens spun out as well on the similar space as where Ollie Behrman was, um, pretty much by turn four. And this also triggered a virtual safety car because he just couldn't get out of it. I think he tried to keep on going, and I think he anti-stalled or something like that, and pretty much just couldn't keep on going and had to DNF for the race. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, given the pace that Victor Martins was showing this weekend, he'll have been pretty damn annoyed to uh, to spin it like that and and have to, uh, you know, and, and to, 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 to lose that pace, you know, he'll... Um, he, he, you know, we, we saw how we saw how good he was in quality. Obviously, now let's take that with a pinch of salt because not all the drivers managed to get their final hot laps in. Obviously, the the, the track was ramping up, you know, because uh, you know because um, rubber was being laid down and the track was actually getting a bit warmer. Um, so that so the tires are getting sticky. They're really getting into the, the ideal operating window. But alas, you know, it's um, you, you know, he even taking that out of it, he was still showing good pace. So it, it'll have been. He'll have been really annoyed with himself for, for spinning where he did, and also it's on you know especially on a on a circuit like Jeddah or you know or if you look at someone like Singapore or you know, Monaco, with these narrow street circuits, if you spin and your car's facing the wrong way, you better be damn good at a three point turn to get you know to, to get yourself pointing in, in the right direction, especially given how poor a turning circle these cars have because obviously they're racing cars you know they're, they're not the kind of car that you pop to tesco in or, or something you know so although could although could you imagine that you just you just went to tesco and just went f2 car parked in the disabled bay be like come on um but no um but no you know jokes aside it was um i think spinning on a street circuit like this it hampers Martins and when Behrman spun as well, and you know when if you even make a slight mistake, and I think that's what the FIA wanted with this kind of circuit was you know it's going to punish you like that because it's really unforgiving. Um, so in some ways it's done its job, but it's but it also certainly from my perspective, I don't think it's I don't really think that it's fair to look at to look at um, look at the drivers who went off and say oh you know they lost six, seven positions, just like, well, yeah, you know, they're going to because they've just slightly missed their, their braking zone, but they can't turn the car around safely until half the pack has gone past. Oh, definitely. And, like, I mean, with Ollie as well, even though he did spend, he still finished in the points. He finished, albeit the last position, for points in P10. But, I mean, throughout the race, like, just so many spins and even stuff that we didn't even see as well because there's just so much going on and obviously there's a lot of battles. DRS is 
proving to be very strong this season as well in Formula 2 and probably as well for Formula 3. And we'll see a lot more when we go to Australia, given the fact that none of these drivers, both in F2 and F3, have ever raced there. So that's going to be a key, key indicating on where experience and skill will lie. Um, but we'll definitely talk about that in previous in other episodes. But Frederick Vesti continued his way um, from the field, pretty much taking the lead and was able to take the top position for the full 25 points. This gives Prema hit their first win since Monza 2022. Now, that's not that far away because Monza was the lot. No, that was Imola, I think. It was pretty much, Prema's been very quiet. Um, last season, they didn't do as well with um, the team, but I feel like this is probably getting them back on track for it. Joining him in the podium was Jack Dewan. Finally gained the points and then joining him for the third position was Daruvla. And I think that is close to what your predictions were. Obviously not Teo Pochera, but you did mention Jack and Jehan, but maybe I think in the different order. To be honest, I'm just going to take what I can get. And, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned, I wish I had a mansion. I I mentioned Jack Dewan and, um, and, uh, uh, yeah, Hans Ruvler. I was going to say Porsche then. That did not happen. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I just said they're on the podium. I didn't say in order, so that's that's a victory for me. We're not talking about my predictions. <laughs> Why? No. Why? What, what were they wrong. so? Can, they're all wrong. Can you remind our lovely listeners what you said? I think I said it was Teo. I can't remember who I said for second, and I think I said there was Zane. You absolutely did say Zane was good. <laughs> I know they're wrong there, my Zane friend. Zane will but... always be on my podiums. That is without a doubt. He will always be on my podiums. And I think I think he just didn't have the best weekend, which drivers do get all the time. Yeah. I think because of Spirit Race getting clipped, that wasn't his fault. And having to retire from that, I, again, I don't think that had he continued on, it should have been fine. And also I think because of qualifying, he started P16 around that area as well, which is very hard to move up in the grid sometimes. Obviously we saw with Victor kind of moving up, but that's less traffic going from 10 to second than it is from like 16 to second. I mean, Zane did it in um, Bahrain moving from 18 to, to third, third, second. Like it depends on the track and obviously not raced before as well at Jeddah. So is what it is. Yeah. We'll keep we'll keep running tabs throughout the season, and I think towards the end of the season, we'll just have a compl- a complication of like who got the most right, who didn't, and maybe we should have a word with our sponsors, bet online, and see if they, see if they can put odds it's on. Odds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's better? And, yeah, and also next week, Sophia is predicting uh, Zayn Maloney for the podium in F one. Never mind F two. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to come into Red Bull after Danny Rick. <laughs> oh, good. But yeah. Um, so pretty much the standings. It's staying the same to an extent. Uh, Ralph Bartsham, even though he was quite quiet, he did get some points in the sprint race because he finished fourth. So he got five points. However, he was out of the points for the feature. He's currently at 33 points. Um, Teo Pocher with pretty much two non-pointers, I think, off the top of my head. Yes, he, fin- he DNF'd on the sprint and he finished um, 13th. On the feature, he moved down to 32, so still not that far off. Um, moving up with the win from the sprint race, Owasa comes in at third. Uh, he's currently in third position, so he's pretty much, he's moved up three positions, I should say, sorry. 
and he has 31 points. Now the biggest jump into the fourth from moving up 17 positions of the grid, Frederick Vesey, he now has 28. And that's purely because he got the 25 points from the uh, feature race. Joining him as well is Jehan Drubla, who's moved up six positions to take fifth currently in the standings with 24. So nine points separating from first to fifth, especially in this season, especially in F2 and F3, it's not like Formula One where you can run with it. It it goes down to the last minute. Anything can change. Like, especially with qualifying, you get two points as well. That also comes into play. They literally left it to the last minute um, for F2 and F3 last season. You didn't know until Abu Dhabi or... Um, Imola. Imola? One of the ones in Italy. You didn't know until the end who was going to take the championship. So we'll see. Um, championship standings for the teams, Campos and ART can stay the same Dam- with 51 and 49 points respectively. Dams uh, moves up one position to go into third with 44, so five points off of ART. MP Motorsport with Jahan being consistent with points this weekend. Um, and also from previous round, they are currently fourth with 43 points. And because of Frederick's win, Prema has now moved up to 29. But yeah, that's Jeddah. I mean, we didn't know what it was going to be. It was going to be a mixed bag. You had a lot of rookies coming in from F3 into F2, not really raced. They've not tested here. It's not a consistent track for them. Even for some of these F2 drivers, this circuit's only been on since 2021. Some of these drivers, this is only the second year in Formula One, uh, Formula Two, even the ones that have been racing previous years as well, they're still experiencing it and still learning from it. So overall, it was a decent weekend. I wish there was a little bit more racing. I wish there was more laps, but that was just me being very wishful thinking for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, just just sort of like looking at looking at the circuits for for a moment now. It's it looks like a bobby pin. <laughs> it, it, it just, yeah, it, it just looks like someone's got eh on a piece of paper and just, just drawn a couple of squiggly lines. And even when you take out where in the world it is, and by that I don't mean PC world, British people should get that reference. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it just, I'm just not sure how I feel about motorsport racing there um and you know we're seeing this more and more with with the with the middle eastern circuits it just leaves me a bit mm, just it's just, mm. just a bit uneasy is probably the word i would use i mean at least there's no attacks there was no attacks compared to the yeah. previous year um, I 100% agree. Like, I'm all for racing in new circuits. I'm all for expanding the sport. But having lived in the Middle East as well, um, it was lovely and I did enjoy it. I feel like there's a lot of races that probably could have gone to other locations. I'm looking at South Africa, Kalami. I'm looking at just more more world kind of racing. I, I agree. Argentina. I, oh, God, yeah. Like bring back like some of the ones even some of the ones in Europe as well as beyond or so even like bring back Macau like obviously that's probably really unrealistic but or Malaysia like some of these races yeah yeah. 
Not Russia, though. Absolutely not. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. Let's that not. One. Let's no. not with that one. But uh, no. this is exactly what I'm saying. Like, the fact that everything going on in the Middle East was still racing in the Middle East, yet what happened in Russia, obviously, is the same, if not worse, potentially, in my opinion. Yeah. We're not racing there. But then yeah. we're still racing in the Middle East. It's a little bit of a double standard for it. Yeah. And, uh, and what happened to we race as one? Oh, I've I not seen any of that. It's because they've dropped it for this season. It's because they're not allowed to be... I know for F1, they're not allowed to be political at all. I don't know how it is for F2 and F3. I mean, these guys are probably not wanting to like step out of them anyway because of they're trying to make it into F1, but... Yeah, and 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 I'm not saying this about the drivers because it's, they're, they're there to focus on the driving. I just mean more the organisations that are involved in us racing in these countries. Like, it, 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 to, to me, it just... It just makes a bit of a mockery of everything that people like Hamilton and Seb and all the rest of it are driving for. And it just, I struggle to see how we can sustain races in countries where it is illegal to be homosexual or it is, or if you have had um, gender reassignment surgery, you are. The, even though you are, even though you have transitioned from one gender to the other, and and you, and you have had reassignment surgery, it is still you are still considered the the gender that you were born with in that country, and you can be arrested for it. Tell me how that's okay, but yeah. I, I I don't want to make this a, a, a political show, and and I got no intention of doing that, but I f- just feel a bit that we should. That certainly from my perspective, I just want to touch on that about about Saudi. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to be too political of the space yeah. and everything, but there is obviously discussions, and we say this every year. Um, F1 drivers say it every year. Social media says it every year. It's it's an ongoing kind of conversation, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I I I do agree about points and cases for it for sure but yeah so that was the f2 review of saudi we are gonna finish off this episode as we've kind of discussed a lot our next episode we will be previewing australia even though i don't feel like there's enough to preview because both f2 and f3 have never raced there um we'll also be discussing f1 academy we finally as of today the 21st of march our final grid has been confirmed. The entire grid is going to be confirmed. So with that preview, we'll be talking about who these drivers are, looking at the calendar, looking at the cars, and looking at the teams as well. And there might be some a few new guests as well on the podcast. And who knows? We might be actually live as well, finally. So we'll, we'll see. We'll hope, maybe. Well, yes, yeah, so, you know, we, we do absolutely have plans to go live in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, yeah just so setting a- up everything. Yes, it's, it's setting things up, work, work, working out schedules. Um, because as as much as I would love to, uh, you know, as much as I'd love to do this full time for for a job, both Sophia and I do have very demanding day jobs um, in 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 the IT industry. We don't we don't work together. It's just it just so happens that that we that we work in the same fields, albeit yeah. different, albeit completely different areas. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. 
Well, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you would take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% people who have not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like, subscribe, or a share. Formula Talk is alongside Grid Talk, which is available on YouTube, where most episodes will be recorded live. Grid Talk is recorded live on YouTube, though. Um, But you can also find us on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalog of shows with previous reactions to qualifying and race results. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. And again, make sure you subscribe so you're the first to know when Formula Talk or Grid Talk or any of our episodes are released. We'll be back soon next week for some Formula Talk content. As mentioned, we'll be looking at the Australian Grand Prix for F2 and F3 and discussing F1 Academy. Thank you, Tom, for joining me as always. It's a pleasure as always, mate. And that's also a goodbye for me as well. Bye.